0: Hey guys, it's Christian Babcock from the Hunter's Advantage podcast. At the Hunter's Advantage, our goal is to provide you with the best advice and insight from hunting industry professionals, and hopefully you would use that knowledge or advantage on your next adventure. This week on the podcast, I had the pleasure of interviewing Kevin Osborne of Osborne Outdoors, We got to talk about the Two Percent for Conservation pledge, his role in the Oklahoma chapter of the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers Association, and a little bit about conserving our public lands for the next generation. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and let me know what you thought.
1: I'm Kevin Osborne. On all social media, Osborne Outdoors, or me and my family are as far as groups we're involved with. Things like uh, the startup. Oklahoma chapter for backcountry hunters and anglers and um, 2% for conservation. Those are our two big ones. Um, recently just got selected as a regional committee member for 2% for conservation. So right. they are going to have like 50 of those throughout the world, um, but it's still pretty fresh and new, so I don't have a ton of details on it, but should be right. some good stuff.
0: Okay, cool. Um, so the first one I think is super cool is the backcountry hunters and anglers. So It would be cool if you could give us a little bit of insight into what that is um, and maybe why we should be involved in it or maybe why should we should pay attention to it.
1: Yeah, so BHA or backcountry hunters and anglers. um, Is a pretty influential organization when it comes to public lands, um, public land access, clean air and clean water. Um, Oklahoma, we're just starting our chapter um, this this year, so we're not officially a chapter, but we're really close and getting closer every day to that. But it, there's chapters all over the U.S. and uh, up into the Can up into Canada, I believe as well. But mm-hmm. they're really influential on that, getting information out to us guys that like to hunt and fish on public lands and care about those resources, and then getting people collectively to to back things. I know for like Oklahoma, we're gonna have a Sportsman's Day um, mm-hmm. down at the Capitol, so they're getting information out on that or different legislation that's coming out and things right. like that that are going to affect us.
0: So you also have events like, like the pint night, is that where people can come and get information about backcountry, backcountry hunters, anglers?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. we just, we just, there was one, um, last month, uh, in January, and then we have another one up here and that one was in Oklahoma city. So we're going to have one in Tulsa on the 7th at a uh, Bricktown Brewery on Peoria. A, I think we start. I wrote down a note for the start time. We start at around 5 p.m. So yeah, yeah that's just kind of like a like a, a time for like-minded folks to get together, uh, meet each other, get more information on uh, BHA. I mean, we'll have stuff like it's not just for like membership signups or merchandise and things like that. We'll have that there, and people do, you know, typically sign up or people want to get some merchandise. But that's not the focus. The focus is more the community and get people together and let them learn more about BHA.
0: Cool. That sounds great. I'm definitely going to be attending that. I'm excited to meet not only you, but some other people there too. Um, but what about the 2% for conservation? I see companies like Mountain Ops. Um, that's one of the, the prominent ones that I can think of that are backed with the 2% for conservation. So for people that don't know what that is or what they're about, could you explain that just a little bit more?
1: Yeah. So, The 2% is 1% of, um, income or sales and 1% of time. So like for a business to be certified, um, there's a whole process they go to, but to just get it really simple is they're going to commit to donating 1% of annual sales towards, um, conservation efforts and 1% Mm -hmm. of time. So that, that for them would be 21 hours. So it's not 21 hours per employee or anything like that. It's just 21 right. hours for the corporation. And then individuals like myself, um, I'm an individual certified and it comes on That's really an honor system. Like they're not going to ask to look at your tax returns or anything like that right. when it comes to an individual. But it's it's 1% of time. So again, 21 hours and then 1% of of income. But it can be done in a lot of ways. So that could be through if you're already a member of various conservation groups well then your annual membership dues go to that or if you're contributing you know to raffles or other things that go or silent auctions that go towards conservation like you can count that towards the number Uh, if you're purchasing from you mentioned mountain ops so if you're purchasing from a two percent for a conservation company and then you can you count that as that so it's in the beginning it may sound like wow one percent like how am i going to do that but when you really look at all the different ways throughout the year that you could contribute to conservation groups or companies that support conservation, it doesn't take that
0: long. Um, So what about, we talked a little bit about, you know, your roles in a few outdoor organizations. Um, Obviously you're running your own uh, social media for you and your family of Osmond Outdoors. Uh, But I wanted to talk a little bit about what you enjoy about hunting or what type of hunting do you enjoy the most?
1: Who, what type like you take you want me to pick like a species
0: um either a species or um maybe it could be bow or muscle loader or a rifle. I know you really really enjoy getting on public land, I do too, um and you can maybe even talk a little bit about your year um on public land
1: yeah, man, to pick one is really hard um I mean, I really like bow hunting it's I haven't been doing it for I haven't been hunting forever but bow hunting um i really like that the long season we have in oklahoma it just gives us so many opportunities to get out there so mm-hmm. I mean, that's tough i would probably say like mm-hmm. bow hunting or um small game hunting is pretty high on my right. list too because it's it's so easy to do with other people that mm-hmm. uh that cost of entry is so low so it's really easy to invite other people that haven't done it or take kids so i'd say those two are, are right at the top um, yeah for like a type of hunting right. um, and yeah on public lands i mean small game i do have a little bit of access for uh private land but as far as anything like your whitetails and all that i'm a this last year i was 100 percent public right so some of it's by necessity like i didn't have any permission going into the season yeah uh, i didn't try really hard um admittedly mm-hmm. to get any but there's part of me like i just wanted to have a 100 public season like we had a lot of stuff going in before the season with access and different um, you know legislation and stuff like that, not really in Oklahoma, but yeah, out west primarily with you know, like trying to sell off public lands and things like that. And I just wanted to take advantage of what we had and then throughout right. the season, just kind of share that story of um of our public lands and and tell other people about them. And just so they know, because I think in Oklahoma, and you probably know this too, like it can just kind of be overlooked. Like, we right. don't really talk about it a lot or people are like, oh, I don't want to. There's so many people out there, you know, like I always have to fight for my spot or whatever. And it's, yeah. like, it's just not, in my experience, it's not that way. And most yeah. of the time, if you're, if you're cool with people, like they're cool with you. Like I met some really nice people this year doing that. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're cordial, like they can be pretty good. I mean, rifle yeah. season gets a little busy but the rest of it's not
0: that bad. Right. Maybe we could talk about that just a little bit more. I had I had a lot of public too. Um, I actually just wrote an article on my website about I, I titled it The Truth About Public Land. And it's like there is a healthy balance of competition. Um, but also with that is coupled is a lot of opportunity. Um, so <laughs> I'll tell a short story. Uh, so actually, I'll tell it here in a second. Um, I want to ask you, I've never done any rifle hunting on public land. Um, I've always done with a bow. And typically what I've seen with that is just a little bit less pressure um, than, say, the muzzleloader season, a rifle season. Um, so how, how does that go? Is it, is it are, are hunters, are they watching out for each other out there? I mean, I know we got orange in, in place for safety, but how, how does that work on, on public um
1: i mean i didn't have any bad experiences with it this year um i mean granted yeah you do need to wear your orange and and after doing it it, the hunting you know that whole one and whole entire week for rifle and then a couple weekends like i think i'll probably invest in a little more orange because it's amazing how easily (laughs) people can't be seen you know yeah um you're with a buddy and he's like hey there's a hunter over there and you're like where and you look look oh yeah there is a guy over there so i'll probably get me you know i've always kind of made fun of them when you see those guys like in wisconsin and michigan with like the full orange jacket but right um, <laughs> i think i probably will go that route um mm-hmm. but in all i didn't have any bad experiences i mean i saw way more people out during rifle than i did um during archery right. but most of the time i just try to go. Uh, you know, further from the parking lots and further from the truck, like I, for me, most of the time I want to be a half mile or more in now there's times I don't hunt that far in based on what I've found scouting. But for rifle, there were several days where I didn't run into anyone in the woods, you know, but it's just not being, not hunting on like the food plots the state puts in and not hunting half a mile or less from the truck like if i'm getting further back i'm not really running into that many people right so are you using
0: I, are you using um so i a cool one that i use is, is on I know there's a few uh different ones are you using something like that to, to look um at these properties beforehand and kind of dissect it and where you want to go
1: oh yeah i can't imagine hunting public especially as much as i did this year without a tool like Onyx. like I was just telling a, a hunting buddy of mine the other day I was we were at lunch and I said man I can't even imagine doing what we're doing without a tool like that like right I mean being able to go in beforehand and scout from your computer and then have it linked back to your phone mm-hmm. and then being in the field with your phone and knowing where you're going and you don't even really have to you know like I think about you see a lot of guys using like tacks and different things to mark their spots like with Onyx you don't even have to do that like you just right. follow your phone. You know, you download your maps beforehand. Um, that way you can run it on airplane mode. Like, it's so beneficial. And then marking the sign on there. And, I mean, for me, I come home and then I try to clean it up. Like, I mark about everything when I'm in the field and then pick and choose what I need to have.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I, another cool feature I saw on there uh, was waypoints. I don't know if you used waypoints before. Um, you can literally mark a location and you can share it with your friends. And yeah, and you know, on public, I'm not gonna share it very often unless I unless it's to come pick up a deer or something. But <laughs> uh but I thought that was cool. um But you, I think you had mentioned that you didn't grow up hunting, right? Is that right?
1: Yes, that's okay. 100% so how,
0: if you didn't grow up hunting, I'm always interested in hearing um how people got started in that because I personally grew up in it. I don't know what it would be like to not grow up in it and then be immersed in it later on and I always see I think you're obviously really uh, consumed with it you really really enjoy it so I'm just wondering how you got started in hunting later in life
1: yeah so for me like the outdoors was always a passion in general um just yeah. hunting wasn't there like I grew up uh camping um fishing and all that and, and I've fished really like my whole life um for the most part and had, you know, a dad that liked to do it, and a grandpa that liked to do it, and we did that. But the hunting side was never really a part of it. Like, my dad hunted when I was really little, like he duck hunted. But then his, him, you know, him, him and his group of buddies he hunted with kind of went separate ways, different jobs, things like that. And, you know, he was a busy dude. Two jobs and trying to provide for us. So I could see where that didn't happen. Right. But uh, for me, it just came. Uh, it was one of those deals where, like, every year I would talk to somebody and they'd be like, you've never been hunting? I'm like, never been. And they're like, oh. I'll take you. And I'm like, all right, tell me what I need. Like, where do we got to go? What do I need to buy? Just tell me whatever and I'll make it happen. And it was like season after season, that was the story. Uh, And so I had one of my, one of my best friends now, um, he had grown up hunting and he always hunted out like Western Oklahoma, like the Enid area. And uh, he invited me, uh, he said, Hey man, we're going to go like rifle season. And I remember telling my wife that evening, I was like, well, here's this year's, I'm going to take you hunting, but it's not going to happen, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, and then it happened and it was great. Uh, we went rifle hunting. I literally could have shot um, a decent buck the first morning of the first day, but like, just not having any idea what I was doing. Like I didn't, right. I didn't pull the trigger and didn't do it and just watched him. And then uh, just watched him walk away later on. But uh, that was kind of the start of it. You know, I had that first rifle season. And then the next year me and the same guy went out and we did muzzleloader. And uh, and he literally uh, he hunted with me, we that entire uh, we don't have a very long muzzleloader season, but that whole muzzleloader season and yeah he's running a video camera and he was like I'm sitting with you running this video camera till you shoot your first buck, like that's what he did and uh, and we ended up having a, a crazy hunt, I shot up we both shot a buck the same evening from the same stand, made for a really long day we both had to be at work the next morning and we shot him on a Sunday evening. Mm-hmm. So and we were in Enid and we had to get back to Tulsa. So that was yeah. uh, that was one of those uh what's Steve Rennell call it like type two fun where it's not fun right then but it's a lot of fun <laughs> afterwards or whatever. It's fun it's
0: fun to look back on.
1: <laughs> yeah. So awesome. uh um and then I hunted that rifle season as well and got a doe in that rifle season. Um and that was really kind of the start of it. And then the year after that, um I got hooked up with another really good friend um that I, I didn't know before hunting brought us together and um and then me and him have hit it off and we hunt together and scout together quite a bit like he's now my main kind of hunting buddy because we don't live too far apart and we just like the same stuff and so that would be my i think i've hunted it's either my fourth or my fifth this last year is my fourth or my fifth season mm-hmm. um and it, it just like so many guys like it just kind of becomes a healthy uh obsession like right just kind (laughs) of dive all in and I just loved it I mean I always liked being outdoors and then I found that and then it was just kind of like how do I compress time frames like what do I watch what do I read what do I listen to how do I go and then just trying to take in as much as possible and then get out there as much as possible but that being said like if it wouldn't have been for somebody originally saying I will take you like I don't know if I ever would have started just because Mm -hmm. it's tough to go out just blind so Moving forward, like, one commitment I've made to myself is I don't ever want to be that guy to, like, shy away from taking somebody. Yeah. Like, definitely. for example, like, yesterday I had a guy on a social media post that I used to work with said, you know, my, husband, my son's been asking me, like, like, he wants to go hunting. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. And then I sat there for a minute and I was like, wait, like, nope. So I messaged him right back and I was like, hey, this is your standing offer, like, anytime you want to take him you want to go learn some stuff like we'll go if it's small right. game if it's scouting you know i'm not telling him i'm like going to take him out to some big whitetail hunt or anything but like small game and getting out and scout and like teaching some stuff so then they can go do it themselves is not a big giant commitment so like i told him that i was like here you go here's a standing offer for me like let me know if you want me to take you out and we'll go have some fun and get in the woods
0: yeah definitely that's super that's super cool I actually got to do that a few times this year as well. I got to take um, a couple buddies out on some uh, public land out near Kansas. And and man, it's, I I just, I see the look in their eyes at 20 years old, the same look I had when I was eight. And it's the, it's the, it's the same passion. Like you said, an obsession. Um, I think that's a cool commitment is just to take someone different out every year that that wants to go, that has that, that uh, desire to go, but hasn't got to do it yet. And like you said, because someone did that for you, you you now get to enjoy it and share it with everyone else that's super cool um so something i'm always interested in <laughs> and this is extremely relevant to me because um life's fixing to change i'm, I'm fixing to get married so um yeah i know <laughs> i now got to uh i have to balance um my healthy obsession with hunting um with a family life or a wife i guess you call that a family life too uh, yeah. so I'm, I'm always, uh, interested to hear from someone that's, that's doing it right now. I, do you have three kids? Is that right? Yep. Three, three kids. kids. So I'm wondering how do you balance, um, you know, working, uh, serving at church, uh, and, you know, follow or chasing whitetail or small game or whatever it is you enjoy. How do you balance all that? Um, and how, how do you make time for it?
1: Um, I would say like, that is definitely a learned process like there uh, there's definitely been bumps in the road where i've been way too focused on you know chasing a deer or trying to do something outdoors or making you know maybe i'm trying to commit to too much stuff on social or things like that but at the end of the day like i think a lot of it comes back to just like those things are fun and they're important to do things outdoors but they can't be more important than family time like um i think you're, you're talking about getting married. I think knowing your spouse and, um, you know, like things like, uh, the five love languages. Like, I don't know if you've read that book, but I have (laughs) like, I know my wife's number one is quality time. So a, a rule that I have to make for me is when I come home from whether it's an entire day of hunting or like a morning hunt, like I may want to still like be texting my buddies or send them a message or Marco Polo or something. But when I come in the door, like I know I need to put that phone down and like focus on her for right. a period of time. And that could be the two of us hanging out on the couch or whatever and in, and with the kids or helping out with something that didn't get done while I was gone. Like have to make a mental effort to do that. Um, mm-hmm. But she's just awesome to you. Like she loves what I, she loves what I do and and she's supportive with it this year she got to go a couple times so i would say one thing is like if they want to join you in something you know with it like if it's you know shed hunting or scouting or if she actually wants to go on a hunt like including them and letting her see a little bit of why you love it i think um is an important thing and i mean like it you know and it, it works good like she we went on a couple archery hunts uh this year she got her this is her first year to buy a hunting license, so she had that she had an archery tag now we don't have her a bow yet, so she had a crossbow um, right but uh I mean we saw some deer, she didn't shoot one, but um she got to experience it we got to have fun and we got to have that fun together and then with mm-hmm. the kids, I think it's the same thing, like being able to to take them out and um and let them have fun and then just and and know like if it's public like you're probably shouldn't do the like two mile walk-in carrying tree stands when you got right
0: kids.
1: <laughs> you know. like make it easy and uh and and make it fun and <clears throat> and stop along the way I'd, I'd say that's one big thing like if you're scouting with kids if you're taking them hunting like we as adults like we know a lot of the stuff like oh there's another deer track or there's a bobcat track or there's a rub and we may just not even pay attention to it where like a kid like that's awesome like if they can find tracks or you know have them guess what the tracks are things like that let them point out a rub take their pictures you know showing it to you and and just uh you got to make a big deal out of some of the little things and uh, and that goes a long way to you so i think it's just you know focusing on family including them uh in it and uh and just don't try to make it too tough on them. make it fun and and then everybody can have a good time
0: that's awesome yeah so we were talking I, I saw that you were posting on instagram about um one hunt where i think you said you saw over 20 deer on public yeah hunting. so could yep. you could you talk a little bit about that because in my experience that's that's anything but normal so I've yeah. seen i've seen you know like six seven deer in a hunt but on public seeing 20 deer um you know throughout the morning is is pretty special so I, could you just talk about that a little bit
1: yeah that was a crazy one um that would have been the week of Thanksgiving during rifle season, um, I had a rifle in my hand. Um, and I think a lot of it was right place, right time. I mean, like, yeah, i had scouted that area and I, I went there for a reason. Um, but it was absolutely nuts from the moment. Um, I, it shooting like basically got there till I think the last deer I saw was around 1030. Like it was constant madness. Um, which I didn't shoot anything that day. And I had, a you know, a couple of buddies like, what why, de- why didn't you at least fill a doe tag? And it yeah. it's one of those things, like you got deer everywhere and you're like, man, if I pull the trigger now, like I've got to go, going. I, <laughs> yeah, I got to go find that doe, take care of that. Like whatever my chance, you know, I got, I got this chance, like what's going to happen. Um, yeah. But I really went in like using vacation um, during some of the the rut periods. Like I just wanted to have that crazy rut day. You know, you always hear about on like, podcast or on tv shows where they talk about oh there were deer everywhere and it was they were just running here and there and right i finally had one of those and that and that's what it was it was i mean i had uh i had a little video on this one i mean i had a, like a spike come in to about 10 feet or so like and i'm not in a stand like i'm on the ground right. like standing and uh and he's right there just all around me i mean i had him at any one point i had a deer in almost every direction like i wish i could have told you i pulled like milkweed out to see what the wind was doing at that time yeah but it was so crazy like i knew what the forecasted wind was but like once that got going i i didn't pay attention anymore but I, they were they were all over but it, it yeah. was it was a it was a crazy day and i didn't see big bucks i mean i saw some year and a half old bucks and spikes and does but it was it was pretty action packed i remember sending my wife a text message she was like how's it going and i was just can't talk deer everywhere Uh,
0: that's awesome that's special that's special man that's super cool that's that's the kind of stuff on public land that will definitely uh pique your interest and keep you coming back um i've seen some of my i've actually seen probably the biggest buck of my life on public land and that's one of the things that keeps me coming back um year after year even though I've not harvested a buck on public land yet harvested some does no no bucks yet um so another thing that I've been thinking about a lot recently is is kind of stewardship of the land so we we are super fortunate to in Oklahoma to have acres of public land like we have I know of multiple WMAs that have um 20 plus thousand acres and so I see something that you're really interested in is picking up trash on public land. Could you tell me a little bit about why you do that and why it's so important to conserve um public grounds.
1: Yeah, no, and, and we are. Um I think like you said, stewardship of it, like um you know, like if you want it, you've got to take care of it. Is my thought on it. And um, you know, like we like the two percent for conservation, like we've committed to volunteer one percent of our time. So, I mean, like we've went out and done cleanups at WMA's, we've done them at nature centers and at lakes and different areas like that to pick up trash. Um, one thing this season, well, it's really in the later half of this season, I started telling guys is like, just bring like a grocery sack with you and put it in your pack, and on the way at, on the way out, like fill it up it's really sad that you can do it that easy, but like it really is that simple to just carry a grocery sack and fill it up because so many people are just leaving stuff out there. Um, Right. And I would love to say, I know why. I mean, other than maybe they just think it doesn't matter because there's a lot of, you know, like you're saying, like 20,000 acres Well, there's a lot, my, my soda can won't matter or, you know, this trash I'm going to leave won't matter, but it, but it all adds up, and it does. And I just I don't want to leave that there for my kids, the next generation. So we're gonna we're gonna pick it up, and we're gonna try to set that example. Um, and at the same time, I've had people like people notice that. Like I've had game wardens in the parking lot checking uh, licenses, and I'm the one guy walking in with a pile of trash and my right. you know bow or my rifle, and they're like, I appreciate that, thank you. Or you get funny looks in the parking lot from people, and they're like, What are you doing? I'm like, Man, I'm just picking up all this trash. You know, as I walk back and I'm like, ah, and so my thought is like, I mean, one, it it needs to be done because the trash is there, but maybe now that guy in the parking lot that saw me coming back with a, a, you know, a bag of trash, maybe he does the same thing or maybe he doesn't leave his soda can underneath his tree once he gets out of his stand or whatever, you know, like, so maybe I make a difference, like one person at a time, maybe I don't, but I know like I'm going to pick up a bag of trash probably every time I go hunt on the way back to the truck or if I'm scouting on the way back to the truck.
0: Yeah, that's something I, that's definitely a little bit convicting um, for me is I, I, I'm not one to throw trash out, but I definitely, um, it kind of frustrates me when I see it. But I I oftentimes don't take enough initiative to pick it up after other people. Um, so uh, you're, you're wearing a Go Wild hat. And <laughs> so I know you're a big proponent or a big advocate uh, for Go Wild and it's something that I don't think a lot of people realize is there. Um, so could you tell me a little bit more about the Go Wild app and why you like it so much?
1: Yeah, so the Go Wild app is an app for um, focused on the outdoors, whether that's from hunting, fishing, hiking, and, and everything in between. Um, it's the, I'm pretty sure it's the fastest growing app of that, of that type they just partnered cool. with Garmin. So now if you have a Garmin watch, you can track your activity with some really cool features where you can actually see your heart rate. So if you're on a, you know, like you like to whitetail hunt. So if you have a Garmin watch and a buck comes out while on that hunt, like you can go back and see what your heart rate was at <laughs> that of time. Yeah. So you can really tell like the story of a hunt, like never before or like archery practice. Like you can see your heart rate so you can almost see like target panic. Um, why you're you're practicing but it's just I, i'm passionate about it because one i'm passionate about the outdoors and it, it's not going to be censored you're not going to have you know anything like your post getting taken down like from facebook or instagram um, and it's not all about like, there's nothing wrong with followers on social media but it's not all about that um you get a I i know on my post i'll get a lot more engagement um as far as like if i have a genuine question about something or or just whatever it is like the comment section is a lot more authentic and a lot stronger than on your other uh social media platforms and it may sound cheesy but there's just there's just good people on there like i've met some really good um people on there including the the staff from there i met a couple of people from the staff at an event down in texas and then exchanged messages and messages and different things at different times like i just have nothing but positive things to say um about the people on the platform or the people that run the platform Uh, right and i just i think it's good i mean like there's just it's a good way to connect i think it's a good one you know we were talking about people going out for the first time or trying to learn things like you're not going to get there's not going to be a bunch of shaming on there you got a guy maybe shoots his first buck and it's like a spike or a little forked horn you're not going to get a bunch of oh you should have let it grow and and all that stuff or if a guy's trying to learn how to do archery, um, you know, like you're going to get some genuine help on that. I mean, I saw a post yesterday where somebody, uh, a lady was asking about um, bass fishing and it was like 25 or 30 comments deep of like actual help and that for it. So I, I, I'm a big fan of it. I like it a lot.
0: Actually going to interview uh, Brad Latrell or Latrell. Yeah, I think that's how you say it. Um, yeah. yeah. CEO and co-founder of the app. I'm going to have him on the podcast, which is going to be super cool. I definitely think more people should be involved with it. I, It's kind of crazy because you post on Facebook and it's like you get your friends and family engaging with it, which is cool, you know. But on this, with the trail mixes and different trails you can post your stuff in, people are instantly engaged with things they care about. So if I post a deer, people are like, that's awesome. Like, that's super cool. You know, check out check out my deer I harvested. And it's like, like you said, it's it's all positivity and there's no shaming in it. Um, which is super awesome because I think a lot of the times um, in Facebook, especially um, there's people posting in forums, you know, got my first buck. It's like, wow, you know, a spike, like congratulations. And people <sighs> tend to, I don't know. I think there, there's a lot of, <clears throat> a lot more negativity around that. And in this app, I feel like it's people that genuinely care uh, mm-hmm. about the outdoors. So I, I really enjoy it too. And I just want, yeah. I want more people to to be able to use it because I think it's definitely super valuable. Um and a
1: cool. Do I go ahead? Oh, I was gonna say one thing we didn't talk about was like the recipes feature is a pretty neat one too, where you can oh, go yeah. on there and people can post recipes, wild game recipes, whatever kind of recipe they want. I mean it and it goes it breaks it all down to like time to prepare, time to prep, how long did it take to cook, all that. That's one of my wife's favorite features about it is uh the recipe side because admittedly she does quite a bit more cooking than I do. <laughs> I'm a little that's out of awesome. practice,
0: right? Uh, another feature uh, that I saw you using actually the other day was you were shooting your bow and you were tracking it in the app. Can you talk about yeah. that a little bit? You had you had it all the way broken down to like your group size, number of arrows you shot.
1: Yeah, so that's one of the new um, activity tracker features. And so I don't have a Garmin watch yet, but if I had a Garmin watch, you would have been able to see even more, like my heart rate during the shoot and all that. But it's super simple. <clears throat> excuse me you uh you go to activity you picked activity like so for that one i picked archery um then i'm gonna set the yardage i was shooting at 25 so i input that how many arrows i'm gonna shoot which i think i was shooting uh like sets of four so yeah. i put in four arrows and hit start so um i shot my bow four times if i would have had a garmin watch it would have actually tracked when i shot my bow like it would have known by my wrist movement right. that i shot it um, so then I shoot my four, um, I walk up to the target. It, it has a feature says take a photo. So then I take a photo input, how many inches the spread was, and then it sets it in there and I can end the session or I can continue it. So, and, and that's what it does. The cool thing I liked about it is I probably would have never went out and like shot, you know, a round of arrows and taken a picture and then really looked at it and then went and did it again. But now I can go back and go, well, how am I, I can kind of do a report card of how am I doing? So like two weeks from now, if I'm shooting every day, I could go back and look or like my daughter is on the app now too. And she's on the school archery team. So she's going to start doing that. And that way she can do it. And then as a dad who cares about how well she shoots, like I can look as well. So it's a really cool little feature in the app.
0: Uh, I saw you were doing a giveaway on Instagram. I think it's a collaboration slash giveaway. Uh, I definitely want people to check that out. So can you give me a little bit of detail into, into that giveaway you're doing?
1: Yeah, so we're giving away a, uh, a Wicked Tree Saw and four packs of uh, Sinaway Bioshock. Um, it's a partnership we're doing with the Kong Valley, Col- the Kong Valley Collective. So they just launched um, this January. It's a group of guys um, primarily out of Oregon. But yep. they're doing an entire month of uh giveaways every day. So great group of guys. We partnered up with them to that on that to be uh a bonus giveaway for one of the days. So to enter, um, they just need to go. They can find it on uh, on our Instagram at Osborne Outdoors, or they can yep. go to Kong Valley Collective, and that's where they'll actually enter to the enter for that giveaway. And there's a slew of mm-hmm. other ones on there, and I can't give away the <laughs> the hints that i know of of what's coming but as they're going to finish the month out strong with some really good ones that people are going to want to get on
0: nice so oh another thing about the go wild app i just thought about is you always talk about how there's a ton of giveaways on there too so that's a that's another incentive on to getting people um into the go wild app what what's some some of the stuff that they've given away in the past you were talking about some cool stuff
1: oh yeah they just well last week was an obsession bow like retail that right around a thousand dollars and that's crazy um they've done they've done two bows i mean, i'm trying to think they've done a scent lock set um uh what's that brand i think it's walton fly rods they, they gave one of yeah. those away they've done most of them are are easily in excess of a hundred dollars so and it's not it's not like most of the ones you see on facebook or instagram like share this like follow tag 50 of your right. friends it's normally it's a genuine question, question like what features do you like about this product or what mm-hmm. do you want to do if you win this product what are you going to hunt with and yeah and, and there's been some speaking about I, I said good people earlier like the first bow they gave away the guy regifted it to a veteran on the app that was looking That's for a bow cool. to get a, a yeah to do some hunting so it's They do. And it's, uh, typically it's, it's every week they're going to give something away and they're pretty good prizes. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, that's pretty much all I had to talk about. Um, thank you so much uh, for being on here. Um, and I do, I think we need to have a gentleman's agreement that we're going to go out and get after a a turkey this spring. We need to make that turkey hunt
1: happen. I'm a, I'm a self-admitted turkey novice. So, um, you can, you can teach me all the skills you have. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I don't know if I, have, if I have much more than you, but I, I think it'll definitely be an adventure. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, man, it was great talking to you, um, and we will definitely talk again in the future, man. I hope you guys got some sort of value from that episode of the podcast. It was really great to talk to Kevin. He's super knowledgeable, and he's really an advocate for public lands. I just wanted to remind you, if you're listening on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, it would be amazing if you would leave a review on what you thought of the podcast and you'd subscribe to the podcast in whatever platform you're listening on. As always, thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you in the next episode.